Good night, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us again on the Formulas and One Jackass podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is my good mate Christopher here. Yeah, good eye. Uh, we just had an Australian back on the podium. Well, on the winning podium, the shoe is back. Uh, Monza delivered again. What an amazing race! Uh, so yeah, we have lots to talk about. So let's just uh, jump into it. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I was on the edge of my seat yeah uh there was some jumping up and down there are a few whelps and screams uh so that usually is the hallmark of a very good race yeah and i would say this like again months has done it again uh just the the complete unexpected and it's just a feel-good story at the end of the day as well you know which yeah which exactly we're in need i mean it's a papaya one too and this just takes takes me back to like at least 10 years ago now yeah something um, like that where this was a common occurrence uh 20 years ago as well so it's been a very very long time that we've seen this i think again we mentioned this before i'm a bit miffed that this happened in the last year of yeah. the regulations that we finally hit that sweet spot that all the teams are just knowing what they're doing uh, and the next year is going to be a completely, you know, new set. So we don't know what to expect, which is good as well. But yeah, I, I don't think anyone can begrudge this not McLaren one too, especially with the drivers involved. I mean, they're, you know, both of them so likable, so prominent as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I would think a, a deserved winner as well. The, the perfect way to sort of take the, you know, a, uh, a not ideal start to the first half of the season and then starting the or rather finishing the the, the second half of the season um starting with the victory uh i think just bodes well for you know the rest of the season but also just his mclaren time in general for yeah Daniel and McLaren. this was completely on merit by the way without all the incidents that happened you know and we were talking about the sprint a bit and it was a bit boring you know it seemed like okay this is what the race is going to be and it didn't turn out at all like that. And yeah, like I said, McLaren did it on merit. They are mm. just proving to be stronger and stronger. And Daniel, he said he'd had a, a month-long break. And that's what made him, you know, come back with a fresh mind. Um, just goes to show how important it is to take your time off sometimes, you know. Uh, he got into the zone again. And I think if McLaren can keep this up, they're going to have one of the strongest lineups. And if they can develop a good car next year, I'm like, yeah, I'm so tempted to put money on them for the championship. No joke. <laughs> I think what you said is key. They did it on merits because it's not one of those races where something happened at the front, which is why everyone else got to pick up the pieces. Now, everything happened behind yep. Ricardo, especially. So he was driving away. He was like solidly in the lead and in the net lead uh, before incidents happened. Um, they were there like sprint qualifying, qualifying mm -hmm. uh, as well. Um, yeah very very good weekend for mclaren and uh from last race they fell behind in the constructors championship it was a it was a poor race for them as well uh, um there's lando's incident in spa as well yeah. um during qualifying where he went where off, they look really strong as well you know exactly so. so i think this weekend for them in the constructors championship um was just that boost that they needed as well to yeah. continue the fight absolutely and ferrari were also looking uh, quite feisty at one point point you know um could have had a Ferrari podium there. That would have been really interesting. So, but yeah, let's actually talk about Ferrari. We cannot mm -hmm. talk about Monza without talking about Ferrari. Exactly. Um, and they're 
there just about uh, i was i was uh very glad to see some battles with charles leclerc like he looked punchy he looked racy oh, yeah, as well for sure um there is a statistic of carlos Sainz crashing in fp uh free practice session mm-hmm. in three out of the last four races yeah so he had an the red flag situation <laughs> <laughs> for qualifying for four well, actually when he crashed qualifying already happened so mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe for the sprint race, oh, yeah, you know, true, do true, a true. do a you know Singapore style, but it, it shows like we we spoke about signs. We think he's the most you know adapted to his new team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still you know coming to grips with that car, trying to find those those margins, trying to push the car to the limit. And sometimes in practice, it, it goes wrong. We saw that at Zandvoort, we saw that at Monza as well. Um, but that's like no, I applaud that. Yeah, at least I mean, he's trying. You know, he's doing at it in practice, trying. not in the exactly, race. Exactly. You know, where exactly. it counts. So that's that's also uh, good for for Ferrari for the future as well. Like hopefully with these new regs, um, they they could be at the pointy end of the grid as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm loving this battle between Ferrari and McLaren Same. Uh, this season as well. But I mean, it's for third. Uh, third place in the constructor championship. We do expect and hope these teams, all of these teams, will be fighting for you know number one in the constructors championship and and fighting for the drivers championship as well. I think um, like some season like 2012, there's so many drivers still in contention mm-hmm. of being a world champion uh, towards the, the the last few races of the season. I hope we can have that again uh, next next year where Ferrari, McLaren. Red Bull, Mercedes uh, are all in contention. Yeah, they have all uh, really good drivers, you know. So, and I think everyone is like improving and the playing field is getting more leveled, especially this year. So, yeah, it would be great to see a bat like this. You know, this season is one of those once in a decade kind of seasons. You know, we have crazy rivalries and good battles, good races throughout the season, it seems. And we don't know who's going to be champion. So it's really good. Like the people that have watched Drive to Survive, they've been kind of, you know, they haven't really seen a crazy season yet. And it's kind of feels like this has been leading up to that. So, yeah, uh, amazing. So let's go back to the main man. Let's mm-hmm. go back to Big Dick Rick. Big Dick Rick. <laughs> Big Dick Rick. And he's proved it yep. uh, this, this, uh, this year. Uh, the most prominent message, of course, is, uh, you know, I've never left. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everyone, like, granted, you and I, the pundits, every fan, they, they've questioned yeah. him this season, especially. And that all started, I suppose, with Drive to Survive on Netflix. The first, like, one of the major episodes there is his decision to leave Red Bull Racing and go to Renault. Yeah. Um, you know, then he subsequently left Renault to join McLaren. And in the first half of the season, we just being outdriven and outqualified by his his young teammate which um all credit to lando norris that was completely on merit yeah um, absolutely daniel ricardo struggling with the car we've mentioned you know his his braking preferences and the small operating window of that mclaren car but uh, this weekend it came together for him and it was a fantastic performance in qualifying first exactly. and foremost it's the closest he's been yeah. uh, to his teammate and like a couple of hundreds difference between him and his teammate teammate did manage uh, Lando Norris did manage to pip him in qualifying mm-hmm. but um, the start of that sprint race uh, he managed to get ahead not only of his teammate but of, uh, of Lewis Hamilton uh, as well and ended up finishing third in that sprint race because of Bottas's engine penalty he got to start the company in second place and that start was was massive yeah uh you know and that's exactly what the race needed as well 
uh, had uh, Verstappen got off the line cleanly, I think he would have, you know, not quite easily, but, you know, with some relative ease, there was good race pace in that, uh, exactly. in that Red Bull. Um, so had he gotten out of the first two corners cleanly, I think it would have been a completely different race. Yeah. So luckily, uh, that didn't happen. And... Um, Ricardo went on to to do business as usual, yeah, which is that cool, just, calm, collected drive to exactly. the victory. And he, he he just kept building up his pace throughout the whole weekend, like solidly, you know, improving in every single session, and then at the very end, improving where it counted the most. So it mm -hmm. seemed very experienced, you know. And I almost feel weird, like the first half of the season with his performance now seems so out of place. Seeing this, you know, this is what we expected, and uh, hopefully we can expect for for the races to come because, um, yeah. He was confident on the brakes. That's where I think he really did manage to find his uh, his feet again, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the way he just took it into turn one and then just stayed there, uh, managed it was uh, was perfect. Especially the last couple of like you know, towards the end of the Grand Prix, where um, after the the safety car restart, uh, the field was bunched up again, mm -hmm. and uh, Lando Norris coming through, overtaking Charles Leclerc, who. Um, um, you know, had a great pit stop because of the safety car, so I managed to get it. Uh, in rejoined the track in second position. Lando Norris overtaking him at the safety car restart in like an insane, insane move. Yeah. Through the grass, you saw the the puff of dust coming up. Very great ballsy. move. But then after that, being behind Ricardo, and it it reminded me of a bit of like you know old school MotoGP where Ricardo picked his moment saying, okay, I allow you to come up until this point and then I'm just going to bolt. Yeah. It's not like he didn't have any, he had pace in hand. Uh, it's not like he was struggling. Nope, like at, at that period of time, I thought Lando was faster, Same. Uh, which he could have been, you know, he could have been a bit following, faster, yeah, following another car um, does, does, you know, destroy your tires more and such. So you have to manage your pace more. Um, but ultimately, the leader of the race dictates the pace, mm -hmm. and he picked this moment, and then boom, put it in a couple of laps where, sort of, the victory, even without team orders, um, you know, was wasn't up for discussion anymore. It was Ricardo's race uh, for sure. to win and lose um, at that point of time. So I thought that was that was a really good masterstroke. It reminded me of old school MotoGP. You yeah, know? those guys they allow because them, unlike in 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 Formula One. Uh, with motorcycle racing, it's actually advantageous to have someone with you to dictate your pace, uh, to know Makes how sense. much you can still extract out of the tires and, and the pace. So having someone close to you is actually beneficial to you because then you can truly see. And then at one point of time, and we saw this with the doctor, with Seta Giro now and such, um, it could be one lap before the end, it could be three laps before the end, but they pick their moment and suddenly they're they're gone or they they create just enough of a gap where the victory is theirs and, and theirs alone. So I saw the same in Ricardo, uh, this race. It was, yeah, calculative. Yeah. It was it was brilliant. Yeah, exactly. And the team played it perfectly as well, the whole way how they were kind of managing the gap and how, you know, Lando was managing Lewis behind, etc. It it looked it looked really like a team that were working well together. And at that one point where Lando looked a little bit quicker, uh, that you mentioned, where Ricardo picked up the pace, you know. Some of the British media have been trying to make it out as Lando wanted to win. But I honestly just think that Lando was scared that the team was not going to win. So they were like, OK, can we just, you know, uh, Daniel's being a bit slow. They picked up the pace and they're like, OK, so we still have this in us. And then they just settled down. So perfect teamwork, perfectly executed. And 
I don't think at any point if Lando had gotten past Ricardo, even with team orders, it wouldn't have changed much. I think it was for sure the safest with Ricardo. And uh, yeah, they had full confidence in him and the team. And yeah, they both have full confidence in the team. And I think that's great. Uh, I love how this team uh, works together when they when they work together. So different from the old McLaren team, you know. Happy for Lando with his P2, which is his best finishing position in mm. his Formula 1 career. Also a bit gutted because I think Lando does deserve that race win. Yeah, Belgium, uh, Belgium, Spa. I feel, would still, you know, that's that Absolutely. was his win. Absolutely. Yeah. But out of all people, um, you know, there's no, there's no ill will or grudges that Ricardo walked away with the victory because it was fully deserved as well. For sure. Uh, yeah, yeah so he's it's, back. He is back. McLaren, he's never left, yeah, exactly. according to himself. Um, but McLaren won too. Uh, yeah, what a great story. Uh, I know you were jumping up and down. Yeah, man. And uh, there were some fist bumps oh, yeah. going on when um, when the checkered flag came out. Absolutely. I was so and... ecstatic. The whole race, like just, yeah. And I could, the thing is, like, I could hear Ryan and I'm like, I don't know, 15 <laughs> kilometers away. But that was not because he was celebrating. But we'll get into that, I think, in a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, some some Dutch curse words were flying up in the air here in uh, in Ireland. No, I think. actually, no, 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 no curse words. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens or who it happens with. I I naturally scream. Yeah, of course. Uh, and and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's simply because growing up watching Formula One, the commentator that I watched Formula One with was the exact same. So you sort of I took that over. It's it's part of my natural. But of course, DNA we are passionate about motorsport. I was screaming up and down as well. You know. But uh, yeah. But before we get onto that, yeah. um, let's let's talk about the 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 end of the race because mm-hmm. that was also quite exciting and um, that was more exciting than the sprint race in my opinion mm-hmm. because you did have uh, people on different strategies, yeah. uh, different tires as well. So uh, Valtteri Bottas uh, coming out on the medium tire, which looked racy mm-hmm. i mean his pace was incredible absolutely for the, uh, after the safety car restart i've just talking i was just talking with you saying i don't remember a valtteri uh, recovery drive and then i get it literally on the <laughs> yeah. day and i'm like well thank you and well i mean had we had he won the race we we will remember this for you know as a valtteri recovery yeah. drive but i think you know that could have been more it should have been uh, Valtteri Bottas' victory, in it should my have. opinion. If, if he didn't get the penalty, he, he would have. I think he would have won. He was so strong here Absolutely. all weekend. So, But at one point of time, like of course, Sergio Perez being the major spanner in the works, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I question. Um, so in, in the sprint race, he had a similar incident where he didn't immediately give the place back, yeah. which Red Bull justified as, you know, we needed some time to mm-hmm. see. When they did give it back, they you know they did it at an advantageous place, um, and this time happening in the race with uh, Charles Leclerc just you know pushing him off. I think you know in the race as a whole, um, it was just Red Bull errors. Yeah, in in my opinion. So we had the, the very slow pit stop. Sorry, I jinxed that, Ryan. I jinxed, literally <laughs> when Max was coming into the pit, I was like saying to him, "Look at this, Red Bull. Will, they're gonna fuck it up. Imagine they're actually for once they're gonna fuck it up of pit stop for Max." And then he just stayed in there. I'm like, "Fuck, I jinxed it." And then I could hear you screaming like far away, but yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, whoops, sorry about but that. But then, yeah, but then uh, not giving that position immediately back. Mm. I think you know they should have just done the same thing as they did in the sprint race. You know, let them buy at an advantageous place that you have the DRS to then overtake again. Yeah, waiting for so wait long. Wait a little bit. 
But yeah, waiting yeah, to get the position we... back for so long, that was stupid. And I think yeah. Perez is getting a bit desperate. You sense it sometimes in his driving. He can get desperate at times. And I don't know, when he's in tight teammate battles as well, you know, we've seen that in the past with Ocon, for instance. But um, yeah, it, it seems to be in the races now. He he pushes the car a bit too far and, you know, Which as well, when, when Bottas sort of consolidated his position, knowing that Perez had a penalty, I think... Bottas knew himself that it would be too much of a risk mm -hmm. to try to overtake Perez when he's in that frame of yeah, mind. Exactly. Because uh, then crazy things and dangerous things can happen, especially at this track. Yeah. So, yeah, it, Sergio Perez also hampered Valtteri Bottas' victory. Well, not that, you know, it was a given that mm. Valtteri Bottas would be able to overtake the, the McLarens because Lewis Hamilton wasn't uh, able to, unless with um, uh, massive effort to overtake Lando Norris and then Daniel Ricciardo would have been an entire different story which you know in total could have taken like 20 laps yeah. uh, to pass both McLaren so uh, there were there weren't that many laps left after the safety car restart so it's not like uh, it was a, a shoe in for the victory for Valtteri Bottas but Sergio Perez in that state of mind was just just yeah I think uh, impossible to overtake in the negative sense yeah. of the word and not the positive yeah, exactly so, um, sprint race. We can't mention sprint race without Fernando Alonso. I think they were made for him. Yeah. I, I would say this one, while I enjoyed the weekend structure, you know, I, I enjoy having the qualifying on the Friday. I do not. Something to look out. Because, I mean, no, because we couldn't watch it live. Yeah, that's true. But throughout the whole day, it did give me a spring in my step that's saying, true. if I finish working my day, I'm rewarded with a qualifying that's session. True. You know? But not everyone so, can watch it on demand when they please because, you know, I mean, you can sail the, the seas and find a way, sure. But, you know, it's not it's not ideal. <laughs> I, it, the the it, time it, was a bit off for me. Um, yeah, it's true. But um, the sprint race in general, I think it was exactly as as a. Um, it was meh. It was meh. Yeah. The sprint race yeah. was meh. It felt like a boring first stint of a race. and That's it, what I was going to say. Yeah. And it felt yeah, yeah. like the, the race, this is what the race was going to be. So I wasn't really looking forward to the race on Sunday. I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, but yeah, the sprint just, it, it was good in, in Silverstone. And I think for the next round, maybe we could already start putting in a little bit of changes to the format because... Um, Alonso himself said one lap qualifying on the Friday that every mistake on your lap will be punished and then uh, perhaps we see some cars out of out of order that would have to risk more in the sprint that way yeah you know? i think the sprint should be completely separate uh of an entity qualifying should dictate the um, the result maybe on sunday or have the sprint the start of the sprint be reverse grid um from the championship order so it's the last person in the championship starts first on the sprint and the first person championship starts last. It's a short sprint race. They get points awarded from 10th to 6th. So it's not as many points as in the feature race. Uh, just like the old school style. And then we can see all the top teams, you know, battle through the field and see if they can make it. Uh, and then on Sunday we have a, yeah, but, a normal but race. But then again, if it's only going to be the top 6 scoring points, how many points? If it's going to be a the significant amount the of points, 10, does it, the 10, does it then dilute the racing? And then truly, if the championship contenders are starting at the back of the grid will they risk that much on on that sprint race going through the field having potential crashes that they cannot start the race on yeah, sunday but look at the lower teams the they're gonna risk a lot to get those points because they're suddenly in the front they want to run away with it i just think that it should maybe be trialed out because i think the format now 
it's confusing and you know with the penalties applied and stuff um yeah it's it's not ideal i feel like well, it dilutes is, the race now more uh, than it should this is great this is extra. this is great feedback and i would encourage everyone listening to actually fill in a, a survey that formula one sent out in association with the motorsports network and this is a survey from formula one that asked for the feedback from the fans so they asked different questions on different areas of formula one at the end you have a blank box where you can voice your opinions about you know what you think the future of formula one should be what you enjoy seeing what you don't enjoy seeing so we're talking about the sprint race now but there are a lot of aspects which you can either be sweet or salty about Mm -hmm. in formula one um, oh yes, Tires. you know. In the past, we have we have um, seen the results of, of Liberty Media actually doing this because under Bertie Eccleston, there's no way that this could have ever yeah. occurred or happened. So, uh, you know, with um, with the fan importance uh, in Formula E, you know, you can give boosts to people uh, how the van votes. We have driver of the day that the fans can vote, but the fans want to have more of a say as to the direction of you know the sports and the entertainment value of, of it so i would encourage everyone to to fill in that survey. absolutely so please do because they do actually listen they it's not like before you know they actually do listen and they make stats and data out of it because they're really interested in actually growing the sport and it's one of the most fastest growing sports on social media nowadays and we see the effort they put in to drive to survive etc so they're actually reaching their hands out now to ask for our opinion so take this opportunity and uh, you know write what you feel so we can have a say in f1 i think that's really important one thing that really really surprised me was the race highlights were available on youtube from formula one themselves yeah and i was just like what because in uh, you know um they've been for years now I, I I didn't know because usually I watch them live and there was no it was there was no need to watch race highlights uh, for me, but um, anyways like in the past uh, fans used to upload them and they were immediately taken down yeah. immediately. I was using LimeWire and Kazar to find all this. That's how I got into <laughs> F1, guys. I I had yeah. like weird 10 minutes clips of badly mixed songs and racing cars racing around from the early 90s to the mid 2000s that's how i could watch old races unless i could specifically find like a really good torrent and i was lucky and yeah and now you know these race highlights come up straight after the race there's so much more coming into the f1 channel um they're they're trying different things out and it's exciting and i sometimes if i miss free practice i watch the official free practice uh, highlights um because yeah that, that's how accessible it's become. It's not a fight between who has the rights, etc. anymore. It's more about getting out to the masses because a large part of it is still behind a paywall. So the things that aren't there, they are trying to to help us out with that. And we can have a say in what kind of content they should, you know, provide us more of. So, yeah, please do the survey. Okay. So before we end the episode with, you know, the obvious bang, mm-hmm. I just want to quickly give a shout out to uh, Antonio Giovanazzi um starting p7 yeah uh again mm-hmm. um so in zanford he had a great qualifying session he made q3 in monza and got to uh start a couple of positions higher because of penalties uh and such but um yeah it's a man driving for his career um rumors flying about as to who is in contention uh and such which uh, we won't dive into but um, yeah, the best way is to just show it on track. In the race, it's a bit still lacking, but 
course, he's still driving a car. Um, you can't expect much out of, but he is extracting everything uh, in qualifying. So, yeah. like, some really spectacular qualifying. Absolutely. He looked a bit desperate during the race when he rejoined the track. It was unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He still has some things he needs to polish a bit, I think, Jonah Tipper. Now he's showing the pace that uh, Jeff, you know, Jean-Éric Verne, he showed when he was about to get kicked off. And we didn't know if it was going to be Ricardo or him getting in the Red Bull seat in 2014. Yeah. And then Jeff suddenly drove amazingly. And I was actually yeah, rooting yeah. for him because I didn't know much about Daniel at that time. He was kind of, you know, in the background until he got to Red Bull. Um, but yeah, that's mm -hmm. the kind of drive we're seeing from him. So it was good. And Gasly, I also I want to mention because... That's unfortunate he crashed out, you know, and both Alpha Tauris didn't manage to, yeah, finish the race. But um, he is looking so strong. He's beating Perez. Like, he's been outspoken about it now as well. Why it is Perez is getting driver of the day when he, in an inferior car, is actually ahead of him in the races, you know? Absolutely. It's very unfortunate that Alpha Tauri, in their home race, you know, didn't yeah. get to uh, um, start properly. Uh, there were... Um, in the setup of Gasly, there was something that he felt that was wrong with uh, suspension or so. Uh, because of his off in yeah. the sprint qualifying, it just wasn't, you know, the car for him to have that confidence no. to race. Not a track um, It's not worth it. Yeah. Issues oh. with uh, Tunada being taken off the grid on the starting line. Um, and he ended up not competing. So a, a DNS yeah. for him. So... Sad. They were they were quite close. Yeah, the they constructors. were. Constructors. Honda uh, engine looked really good this weekend. So yeah, but zero points. So they they have to to raise their game uh, coming up. Yeah. So. But uh, engine engine changes, uh, which which could bode well for for Gasly, in the the next few uh, Grand Prix, much like Bottas' mm -hmm. uh, new engine. Yeah. So they don't have to take any any new engines on anymore. So Ryan, we're gonna talk about you know the incident. But it's before we do, can I just talk about the, the halo aspect of it? Like, I just want Absolutely. to get this out of the way so we can actually yeah, talk yeah. about the incident. Because yeah, yeah. we are now having a super, super tight battle in the lead of the championship with these two drivers. And they're going at it. Like, at levels that would be 20 years ago, like, absolutely too dangerous. And we would be talking about how crazy it is. And now we saw how bad it almost could have gotten this weekend with Max's car, the floor almost hitting you know, lose his helmet, the tire actually hitting the helmet. But mm -hmm. the halo is just, it was there to perfectly protect Lewis. And it was a clumsy accident that happens because of the sausage curb, etc. and how these cars are a bit big and bulky. Um, so I don't think any of the drivers would foresee this kind of accident happening. And it's unfortunate, but this could have ended as one of the worst accidents in motorsport caught right there on camera, um, you know, and it would have been such a dark day for the sport. But instead, we just see straight away, Lewis wants to get the car going. They're both walking away mm -hmm. from the car. They're both completely safe. And they get to be able to drive like this and drive so tight because of how safe F1 is now. And that is just amazing. Like, the safer we get the sport, in a way, the more of these kind of battles we might potentially have, you know, except without the dirty driving. But I'm just saying, when it then goes wrong, um, we can all still cheer for the people we want to cheer for and see some amazing racing. So I'm just so thankful for, for the halo in that moment because it looked so, so bad if it was not for that. A hundred percent agreed. Uh, it, it could have been so, so bad. And uh, watching that happen, and of course, slow-mo pictures tend to make things look worse than they were, but it was, a, a, you know, potentially 
very very bad incident had the halo not existed i'd say the opposite the slow moment it looked safer because it looks sometimes slow when you see how quickly and how forcefully the car just lands on top of the car you know fair but the slow-mo also dictated you know other things which we'll actually discuss Mm. uh later but going back to the halo i think it came into being because we saw near misses incidents that come to mind i think uh, the race in Valencia where we had cars flying. Um, with Weber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kovalainen and Weber. Yeah. Top of my mind, I think it was Alex Wurtz was in a, when he was in the Williams, had an incident where a car came grazing over him. And that's when the halo discussions or the close cockpit yeah. discussion started because it was very, very close to going completely wrong where even his hands were so close to the car flying on top of him. Yeah. His crash helmet as well. So it started then, they've implemented it, and, you know, we, like, you and I both talk shit about the Halo when it was first introduced, mm-hmm. but I am so glad to be proven wrong uh, regarding the Halo because it literally saved lives. We are able to have close racing, as you say, because the safety aspect has increased. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful everyone walked away okay. Uh, and, um, yeah. I wouldn't, it sounds bad to say, but hopefully we have more incidents like this because of close racing where the end result is the exact same. Everyone walks away mm-hmm. and um, the, the only damage is material damage. Yeah. And hopefully we can keep making the sport even safer, you know, uh, yeah, so yeah, we can make quicker changes instead of weight that we did with the halo. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. in, in hindsight, it would be nicer to have had it earlier. So, so essentially like over the last like couple of decades, um, in order to make the sport safer, they've made the cars slower. Yeah. But I think now, um, you know, with technological advancements and such, in order to make the sport safer, it doesn't necessarily dictate to slow down the cars. But they it just didn't. Like, For 2017, that is the first time in... I think F1 history, except for when you're going far back, that they actually make the cars faster. And mm-hmm. that was the first step, you know, uh, I feel. And now with the track design as well, with the banked corners, yeah. more gravel, they're, they're going away from that mid-2000s Tilke kind of safety of F1, slowing down the cars, um, you know. So I think... Yeah, yeah. it bodes well for, yeah. the, for the future. There's a good sweet spot to be found there for sure, uh, where you can still have really quick, exciting racing. Uh, but still also make it safe so it's it's time it's time it's time yeah uh and uh <laughs> funny enough uh people are already asking me or texting me saying what do you think and just like uh well you have to wait so they're like i can't wait until the next episode of the podcast <laughs> so yeah here it is like our views and our opinions uh do you want to kick off or yeah it was a racing incident, but if I had to put any fault whatsoever, one guy has to be blamed. I would blame Lewis a little bit for being so stubborn. Max is also being stubborn here, but I mean, he was left with no real room. Lewis could have given more room, doesn't have to be, but Lewis would also then have to understand and then things like this can happen. And Max as well going in that line, knowing that it's Lewis will also have to understand these things can happen. Ideally, I think the sausage curve there should be removed so they could kind of get out of the way of each other. They would still have contact. Then we could talk more about where the penalties applied because it ended up kind of clumsily. But uh, the three-place grid penalty, I feel almost as is is because Lewis got a penalty last time. Now they're going to give Max one and then we're going to call it. That's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to mean a big deal. But yeah, it 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 was great for the race. What can I say? The incident. I mean... 
Uh, first and foremost, I agree with you 100% racing incident. Um, um, yeah, both drivers have the right to be there. Yeah. I think uh, if we can't directly compare it to um, to Silverstone, no. uh, to the, the opening no, 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 lap no, definitely there. Not. But if we use the logic that Mercedes used in that race, where they're talking about you know front uh, front wheels and axles being past a certain point, being alongside with the car, uh, we can see even before going into the, the right hand corner, Max was significantly onside. I think Martin Brundle even commented, you know, he's entitled to be there. You know, space should have been Martin left. Martin was space very pro Max given. in that situation. We, and, we're not um, pro Max, but pro pro racing. We are, we are absolutely. I think um, I agree with you. Space could have been left more uh, on on Lewis's side. Uh, if you look at the line, because I I paused it and slow mo it down, um, he's taking the normal racing line, which you know he is entitled to do. But at the same time, you question if you do have a car right alongside you. Do you then still take the normal racing line? So the outcome of that is inevitable, especially with these two. Yeah. And I think it's just unfortunate that that sausage curb was there, which ended up uh, with the launch. I think um, having watched the IndyCar race as well, you know, perhaps Formula One can learn from that. Uh, first lap incidents after the start, so many cars went off. For them, they have, you know, uh, rules and systems in place saying, okay, we have sensors and markers going along the racetrack. So who gets priority is, you know, the people who took the normal racing line and made both markers. Then comes um, uh, the people who took the escape route and then everyone else. So it's like so clear from the start, should something occur, this happens. Where Formula One has put in the sausage curb to sort of try to prevent people taking that option to but I like gain I like advantage. that it's something that is an immediate disadvantage. So it's not we have to wait for penalties because this is what I don't like about F1. Five second penalty, three second penalty, here, here, here. And you're like, no, 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 no. Just make it so that they can't really make mistakes, you know? So you know, in my opinion, because sensors are used, we can use that to our advantage. We can. We can. But it also needs because, to be, you know, No, no, informed. because it's like no, because it's like if it's like this, and yes, there'll be a lot of teething problems, a lot of controversies, but if the sensors in a car register that they did not go past, like take the normal line, you know, stayed on track, perhaps, you know, um, ERS is not available. That boost is not available. So there is a, you That's know, engine deficit. No, the ERS thing to the car being a kind of added the a penalty. That could be yeah. interesting. So if they don't, you know, if the team doesn't tell them to give the position back, like they're they're at a disadvantage going into the next quarter or whatever because they have less engine power. Or for the remainder sort of, of the lap, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah, 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 okay, interesting. That's something we so for sure could talk about more, but Absolutely. But, so we're going back to the yeah. incident. So he will, Max Verstappen was alongside going into the corner, which, you know, they are racing for position. You know, he is uh he wasn't going in hot, I would say. Oh he was. He was for sure going much. in. No, I no, mean, no, no. he was. That was. He was. Yeah, he was literally on the outside, going into turn one, trying to maneuver his car on the outside of Lewis. That would become the but inside of going turn two. on the outside. But it wasn't um, going in hot in terms of locking brakes. No, you know, reckless no, 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 and such. No, no, no. It is a racing uh, thing that but if you it, go to the outside, you brake later, turn it. But it was reckless in the way the that card. I would not do that if I had been Max, unless I was playing a racing game online, because. You know, it doesn't matter because that was that was a big risk. He could have waited a bit. He could have 
bided his time. He should have waited for opportunity on the inside, maybe. He went for it, what? which was risky, and he know who he's doing it on. Had he been doing it sure. on another driver, sure, whatever. But um, yeah. Max would still do it. Max would still do it. No, but that's what makes him great. Okay, so the thing exactly. that people, sometimes people are annoyed at, Lewis fans are annoyed at Max, and Max fans are annoyed at Lewis because what they both admire in the each driver that they really like is the same quality. <laughs> you know, they're mm -hmm. both stubborn and they don't give way. And that's why Lewis fans like Lewis, and that's why Max fans like Lewis. But it's funny because it's that exact same quality they both have that makes them so great and so special. And now we see it on track coming together. And uh, yeah, it's, so <laughs> it's spicy it's, drama. It's, it started uh, Lewis Hamilton leaving the pit lane, also having a slow stop. Mm -hmm. Not as slow as Max's, of course, but Lewis knowing that he can't cross the white light upon pit exit. Yeah. And once he was able to you know, move over, the squeeze already happened mm -hmm. and Max was already on the green side, but could still carry the line, the outside line, to, to hopefully get the inside line of the left hand of the chicane going there. He had to make the move, knowing that uh, Hamilton actually came out of the pit on medium tires and he was on the hard tire. So pace advantage there as mm -hmm. well. So it was important for him to make the move stick had he wanted anything out of the race. So this is what we want to see. You know, they saw a gap. It was, you know, safe. Um, there was no real craziness of... of you know, sudden jerks of steering yeah. wheels and such. So I enjoyed seeing that. It's part of racing. Same. I enjoyed it to too. Don't get it. me wrong. I'm not saying it yeah, shouldn't yeah. have happened. <laughs> I'm just saying that Max was a bit too brave. Lewis was a bit too desperate. He's looking a bit flustered at the time. And this looked a bit more desperation from Lewis than it was Max being overly brave. But he also was. And it's great that we can have an outcome like that in a, in a race with the championship battle. Like that's... Honestly. Yeah. So there was no net gain or net losses from the race. No. Nope. Uh, had one of them driven uh, driven off again, I think you know we would have placed another uh, asterisk uh, behind this championship as well. So, but ultimately there was a loser out of this, which was Max Verstappen being deemed responsible by the stewards and handed a three place grid penalty um, for the next race. I question, yes, is is this sort of. Um, by the stewards trying to give equal treatments regarding punishment, does a three-place grid penalty equate to 10-second time penalty in, in the race? Which, I to would me, much rather it doesn't. I would rather have a three-place grid penalty than a 10-second time penalty. All day, every day. Start the race a little bit back, fight your way through, um, then not knowing where you're going to end up in a race, and you're kind of like, I have a 10-second penalty anyway, so... Well, not necessarily, because if you're still on the road, you know, if you're still on track, then an additional 10 uh, seconds, you can do damage limitation from that. You can do damage limitation, but damage limitation is not fun. You know what I mean? But you're not going to get the drivers. That, that's what wins championships, you know, uh, at the end of the day. Um, like, ideally, we would have uh, this championship decided on victories and victories alone. But towards we're starting the second half of the season where every point counts. So to consolidate eighth place or seventh place, that's you know now there are five points in between them. So the fact that neither driver um, had the opportunity to do that because they were both out, fantastic. But then for the next race, one definitely has a, a disadvantage with that grip uh, grip penalty because we don't know that uh, Max Verstappen can start from fourth if he managed to get pole position 
What if it's a bad weekend and he starts from 12th and such? You no, know? but I'm just saying so there's a like, bigger chance of Max starting anywhere from 4th down to 7th and still have an amazing good race than if no, he's fighting for the lead in the top three and he qualifies third and he's fighting there and then he has a 10-second penalty and ends up there. I see a bigger chance of Max starting seventh, ending up on the podium, you know, than starting third and then, you know, getting a penalty. Well, it's, 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 it's not necessarily about, you know, what's going to happen next race, but then it points back to Stewart's decision as well. You know, it's um, 10 seconds penalty given to Lewis Hamilton in Silverstone. Uh, Max deemed at fault um, for for this incident. In my opinion, this was more of a racing incident than what happened Absolutely. in Silverstone. But 100%. So if what happened to the mantra, let them race, this was a 100% racing incident. Uh, no one gained from it. So les effets, let them be. You I know? agree. Why, why dictate something for the next race, which could have potential ramifications for the championships, yeah. which then is artificial. We saw the same in MotoGP with... Uh, Lorenzo and Rossi. Rossi at the last race given a grid penalty having to start from the back when he was in contention for the world championship. So it's like, let this championship be. Like, neither drivers, uh, they didn't come to blows. And yes, there was a bit of friction, but both of them are the type of drivers to sort of shake hands, get over it, and let's continue racing. And that's what I also enjoy in this rivalry, which is unique because with other rivalries in the past, you know, some of them did come to blows. There was genuine dislike, mm-hmm. discontent, and hate for each other. Yep. Whereas here, they still have that level of respect. And they know, like, it's better to race with the devil you know than you don't know. They know exactly how each other is like. And they respect that as well. So just let them get on with it. So this decision by the stewards, I don't understand. Yeah, no, I think, all. yeah, it would have been better to have given no penalties and people discussing it than a penalty that is a bit iffy yeah yeah but you because know i don't i don't think neither driver should have gotten penalties no blame lays there there should be no blame in it you know common sense would dictate you know yeah they didn't they went for it yeah. both of them that's what we want to see yeah. and don't punish drivers for trying it I, I agree they've at both the end shown of the day they walked away safe you know, there was no net gain for any team, any driver. Let that be. Yeah, they've both shown that they, they're not going to give up. And now they're both paying for it. And it's all for our entertainment. And um, I love that. Yeah. So, Monza 2021, Monza 2020. Well, crazy, crazy. Who? And then we should keep this race forever. I think it's one of the iconic races, essential races to have on the calendar. McLaren are back. This is the comeback of McLaren. This is the first step. I hope I don't jinx it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> this is uh, this feels right. It feels proper. It was on merit and yeah, feel good story. What a great race. It. My whole weekend has been so great also because of this racing. Like, what can I say? It's, it's the best time to be an F1 fan. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And uh also confirmed is uh, next season's Drive to Survive. Um, they were there this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. Well, they're there every weekend. So this this will be, I think, a, a great episode um, to watch oh, for, yes. for next year. Um, Monza is the last of the triple header. So we're going to have uh, a weekend's break before we head to Russia. Which is good. Which is good. Um, well, I love my racing. It Especially this weekend, it's, it's so... 
heavy on on the cal or rather on your schedule, your weekend schedule, because you don't want to miss anything. Yeah, and listen to um, Daniel, guys. That break seem was so important for him. I think F one should maybe learn a bit from that. We can have a little bit more of a season split up. Maybe have twenty races, have a break in the middle, one in the spring, one in the fall. You know, break it up for the teams as well. Everyone should go home and enjoy a bit more time. We should also relax and refocus our lives, and then we can enjoy F one more. I think I think that's important. It's sometimes a bit too much. Yeah, actually, you know what? You know what? Liberty Media and F one should do. They should break it up into seasons. You have the spring package, the summer package, and the autumn package, and then the price dictates of you know which package you take. Mm. We should make an episode about all these action. kind of crazy hypothetical ideas. I would love to see it. Like just the brainstorming, you know, we don't need to believe in our ideas, but just put it out there to see, you know. Yeah. But anyways, because there is a bit of a break, uh, we shall be back next episode. We shall be back with a special sort of episode for you mm -hmm. uh, next season. Uh, any last thoughts from you? Yeah. Um, what an amazing season. What an amazing season we're having, guys. An amazing race. I keep saying I this every time. Blah, blah, one. blah. I really can't wait until next time. But uh, No, but for real. But for real. Russia's going to be interesting with all the engine penalties uh, that Red Bull and Mercedes are facing. Um, I suspect Bottas, again, being strong in Russia. It is one of his, his tracks. But I could also see, you know, uh, Red Bull's doing well. Not necessarily the McLarens. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to gauge. I'm not really looking forward to this race always, but... Because of this championship, I think it could be quite an important race. You know, the who finishes in the in the points and how many points they can bring back home. So um, yeah, the championship is tighter. Um, the constructors are led by Mercedes. The drivers are led by Max. So it, it really can go both ways. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, when that happens, uh, we shall be back. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, keep washing those hands. Wash those hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh.